And that's where there's those leaders, right? The tool that we give folks as they look through it is your, if you're the leader of your organization, you, it's your responsibility to make the decision. But that doesn't mean that you have to come up with the entire solution and do it all in a vacuum, right? You should be involving your small unit leaders on your team. You should be involving other people to provide input on what needs to happen or, hey, here's where you're just pointing the ship in the right direction. You're listening to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast, a show where we invite leaders to have courageous conversations about the journey of leadership, work, and culture. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Carr. And thanks for joining us as we have another courageous conversation about work, leadership, life, and leadership life still uh, with COVID-19 and coronavirus uh, taking over. Many of us are still working from home and there's still so much uncertainty about what's going on. Today is actually Friday the 27th of of March. And so that's when we, uh, that's when we recorded this interview that I'm going to do with Joe McNamara from Impact. And I'm going to talk about him and his organization in just a minute. So uh, this episode will actually release in a couple of weeks. So um, who knows what the environment's going to look like on April 9th when this drops. But I have to imagine that there's still going to be a ton of uncertainty, a ton of, of just not a lot of clarity still with what's going on and what the days and weeks ahead are going to look like. And so had the opportunity to to get Joe on the phone and have a great, just a fantastic conversation uh, about what leaders can do in these moments of crisis. And uh, Joe pulls from his experience of two tours in Afghanistan. So let me just talk a little bit about Impact. Impact is a, a leadership training and consulting organization based out of South Carolina. And it's really, it's comprised of combat decorated veterans with extensive experiences in developing and leading high-performing teams in complex environments. Gee, does that sound exactly like what we are in, uh, what we are in right now. Uh, Joe McNamara is the founder. Um, he's a decorated U.S. Marine Corps infantry officer. Um, he spent eight years in the Marine Corps leading elite teams during multiple combat deployments to Afghanistan. Uh, he served as a platoon commander and a company executive officer, orchestrating and leading more than 100 combat missions through enemy strongholds. When he returned from combat, he was selected to command and lead the Marine Corps drill instructors at, uh, at Marine Corps boot camp at Paris Island. There, he spearheaded a leadership development program and mentored the drill instructors charged with training the nation's next generation of Marines. Uh, when he left, he founded Impact. And so I got to know Joe. We met at a trade show earlier this year and and struck up a struck up a conversation. And so um when I reached out to Joe just yesterday and said, Hey, could we set up a time to talk? Because I'm sure you've got some great insight that you could share with with us. And and man, there are there's some really, really great stuff. So uh wherever you're at, if you're not driving, I would encourage you to grab a pen and a paper and sit down and get ready to enjoy and uh, take some notes on my conversation about leadership and crisis environments with Joe McNamara. Hey, Joe, I know you're uh, extremely busy, even though you're not traveling with uh, doing a lot of these types of interviews and stuff going on. So I really appreciate the time to join me on the podcast today. I'm excited to be here, man. Yeah, so let's just set the stage. So everyone's sort of still working from home. There's shelter in place stuff going on. I know we're recording this here, uh, you know, at the uh, at the end of at the end of March on a Friday, and this will drop in a couple of weeks. So where where exactly are you? Uh, where are you working from right now? 
So I'm down in Bluffton, South Carolina, which is just over the bridge from, from Hilton Head. So we're in the southeast corner. Okay. And you in a you in a home office, you hiding out in a closet. What uh what's your yep, situation? We're not uh n- not hiding out in too tight of a closet, but we are very similar to, to most areas around the country right now. We are um still following some of the, the guidelines that are put in place. Um so most places, including us, are are shut down and um everybody's working from home remotely. There you go. And all the all the joys that uh, all the joys that come with that, right? We just had that conversation before we started recording. So, anyways, I appreciate it, and we're going to jump into to some some tips and strategies about how to lead through this this current environment that we're in. But I just want to start with, from your perspective and your experience, what is leadership? How do you define it? How do you explain it to people? Yeah, I mean, it, it's the the ultimate question, right? And I know that there's a lot of different opinions on it, but my experience and what we'd look at and how we define it is leadership is is one thing, and that's influence, right? And mm-hmm. you you get influence by one of two ways: your title or position, right? You know, if you're the CEO, yep. if you're the president, if you're the sales manager, whatever you are, your title gives you certain amounts of influence over a group and what you're doing. But the second way and I would argue more importantly, is who you are. Hmm. So title and who you are. And we lead with that of, I think character matters, especially in a leadership role. And everybody, when I say that, immediately something goes to their head and it's typically pops into, they know a leader who is really a bad person or, 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 or has really questionable judgment or character. And everybody can think of people like that. But on the flip side, they can also think about people that, yeah, I know this person and I would follow them anywhere. And it's typically mm-hmm. because they're a great person. They've got good attitudes. They've got good judgment. They have integrity, humility, and they just demonstrate these things that people want to follow them. And I think that's the real test of, of leadership and influence is if you removed your title, if you removed the things that you're doing, would people still follow you? And would they still listen to you uh, as, as you're working through them? So title and who you are is how you generate influence. Yeah, that's really, really good. I, I think, man, if, if you can allow your character and your if you can allow your character to to earn you the title versus the other way around, right? You're getting the title without the character and even sometimes without the competence. Um you're much better off if your character leads the way because that's what people will remember no matter what anyways, right? Oh, no doubt. You know, like I said, you've seen that people have these images that pop into their head of people who are in a position of power, but they're just not there. You know, we we all know them. So your character is, I think character matters in leadership and is a huge part of it. Yeah, for sure. And maybe no time in recent history, uh, in our country with what's going on right now with coronavirus and COVID-19 has the character of a leader individually or maybe even collectively been been tested, at least in, in our lives. Now, you have a military background. You served two tours in Afghanistan. So obviously you've, in that setting, it's tested daily, moment by moment. But for a lot of people, for a lot of leaders, this is the first time they've had to experience any type of crisis, any type of real pressure. And, and, you know, I've said here recently that probably not since 
you know, September 11th, 2001, have leaders shown up to work where people have been scared, they've been unsure, they've been uncertain. And even that was completely different because it was still almost external to what we're facing. I mean, every pocket of this country is hearing of a new diagnosis and someone they know, or, you know, all of a sudden it's only two degrees of separation from coronavirus versus a thousand, which is what it was, you know, six or uh, eight weeks ago. So as you think about your experiences and, and what you've done, and even the conversations maybe you're having now with some of the leaders that you work with all across the country, um, what are some thoughts that come to mind on how a leader can can continue to navigate the current environment that we're in? I mean, one, this is what leadership's all about, right? We use the term, anybody can do it when it's 70 degrees and sunny. You know, when they're, the, the decisions yep. are easy, it's, it's, it's black and it's white, it's right and it's wrong, everybody knows it. You don't need leadership at those times. This is the time when, when people need leadership, when the path is pretty unclear. You know, this is your moment to lead. This is what we get paid for um, as leaders to work through that. And where that starts for leaders in any organization, in any industry, is when you're facing this level of uncertainty, it's imperative that the leaders set the pace for an organization. And I, I, I frame it in the fact that your attitude is a weapon system. Right, how you do different things with your attitude can have tremendous impacts throughout an organization. But calm is contagious, and when we face some of these levels of uncertainty, more and more frequently, the different organizations that we'll work with is they don't know what to do, and they make the mistake of expressing that to their organization, or they start freaking out and kind of feeding into the drama or feeding into the bad information, um, the bad data, etc. And it just spirals out of control. So in any industry, as we look at this, use that attitude as a weapon system to be that source of calm for your company and for your team as you face this stuff. And it will make everything else at least a little bit smoother because people will feel like you've got things under control. Yeah. We talk a lot about that leaders as they absorb chaos, they need to create calm. Right. And, and, and that doesn't mean um, hiding behind a bravado or a, or a, you know, a false security. It's, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to tell people, listen, it's really fluid. We don't necessarily know everything that's going on, but that's very different than a leader that's sort of running around, like their hair's on fire and and not absorbing any chaos and not creating any calm and actually doing doing the opposite of that, right? I think it's that idea that, you know, the old adage was never let them see you have a bad day. And I'm a firm believer that leaders should probably show people how to have a bad day. Like there's a right way, there's a right way to take this on and a wrong way to take it on. Right. Well, that, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? And the character matters piece is mm -hmm. people who handle this the right way and what you were just talking about is I would I would clump that under the the characteristic of humility, right? Mm. Someone who can they can demonstrate that level of of calm for their organization, but they've got no problem being incredibly direct with their team and explaining to them that hey, we we don't have all of the answers right now, or I don't have all of the answers right now, and that's okay. You know, that's probably one of the biggest. Um, trends that I've worked with with our different teams over the past week or so, two weeks, is helping that leadership team understand to 
hey, loosen the grip a little bit, right? Don't white knuckle yeah. through this situation. Loosen the grip a little bit. Be transparent with your team. Be direct with your team and just tell them what you know. But don't be afraid to lean on other people who may have a better idea or may have you know, just a different perspective on the situation that can help give you information and help you make decisions through that. I think what you're talking about is humility, and that's critical when you face these these types of moments of uncertainty. Yeah, it goes it goes a long way to easing everybody else's fears. They feel like they can bring that to the group, and probably what you get is you get a better, you get more cohesion among the team because no one's trying to suppress feelings or fears, and and then what happens is the collective group think gets better because in this moment you're looking for the best ideas and in, in moments of crisis and moments of uncertainty, the best ideas really can come from anywhere and they should, they shouldn't necessarily have to come from the leader or the title leader, the, the guy or the woman in charge all of the time. Right. And that's a test, right? Are you willing to, are you willing to accept that? That's, that's that personal re- and self-reflection answer that you should be giving yourself every single day at the end of the day when you look in the mirror is, hey, am I willing to accept that somebody else has a better solution for me, right? And if Mm -hmm. you're not willing to, you need to check that and subordinate your own ego and your own interests for the greater good and go through that. Because there's a lot of people that aren't willing to listen to others and accept that they might have a better solution for them because they are quote unquote in charge and need to be the one that comes up with the answer, you know? Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit with that. Practically, how does a leader do that? I mean, in, in an environment where we're being barraged by information from the CDC, from even bad news sources, from our state, our local, our national governments, how does a leader practically find time to, to, to have some of those moments of self-reflection? Well, we've all got the same 24 hours in the day, right? And it's whatever we prioritize. And if we prioritize that and ask ourselves certain things and kind of do that self-reflection on a daily basis to find out, hey, how did what did we face today? How did I handle that? Did I have the right impact on the team? Did I have the desired impact I wanted on the team today? Asking yourself simple questions like that and just kind of reviewing the play-by-play in your head of how you handled it and how you want to handle it differently going forward is critical in, in any situation, not just in a crisis you know, time frame or um, as we're facing some adversity or uncertainty, but on the daily, right? Yeah. Having that same, those same questions is important as you, you look through it. Yeah, that's really good. That idea that just prioritize it, right? Because in, in moments when we feel when we feel crunched, when we feel under pressure, our, our focus starts to shrink, right? You, you get that idea of tunnel vision and our blinders get a little tighter and the things that are probably the most important at times start to drop off. The things that are most critical are what rise to the top, but the things that are the most important, we start to, we start to cut those out. And we really do need to, to make sure we're not, uh, we're not losing, we're not losing sight of those. And that's where there's those leaders, right? It, the, the, the tool that we give folks as they look through it is you're, if you're the leader of your organization, you're responsible, you, it's your responsibility to make the decision. But that doesn't mean that you have to come up with the entire solution and do it all in a vacuum, right? You should be involving your small unit leaders on your team. You should be involving other people to provide input 
on what needs to happen or, hey, here's where you're just pointing the ship in the right direction with the information you're getting, as you alluded to earlier, from the CDC and governments and different organizations that make different decisions based upon that. But point the ship in the right direction, but involving your small unit leaders, right, and almost decentralizing that planning down to them and say, hey, this is where we need to go. I need you guys to figure out how we're going to get there. That buys that leader the time to kind of detach a little bit, sit back, look around, and fully assess the situation while he's leveraging his team to come up with that plan. So it not only buys him that time to detach and look around, but it also empowers his small unit leaders to sit there and create buy-in within the plan of how they're going to get where they're going to go. Um, it's really important to be leaning on your different folks in your organization that helps unleash some of that innovation and adaptability in the face of uncertainty. Oh, okay. That, that two minutes was as good. That, that's worth the entire interview. That idea, well, <laughs> that idea of, of, and where, what you're talking about is delegating authority, not just delegating tasks, but delegating authority to your small unit leaders, to your, to your direct report. So you as a higher level leader can step back and allow them to execute and figure out the best way to execute while you can continue to process information and set and set the course. Holy cow, that is so good. And yet it's so hard, right? In these moments, because we just talked about it, like this is what you're paid for. Like these are the moments. And so I think people hear that and they go, you're right. This is what I'm paid for. So I need to be involved in every decision. I need to be deep in the weeds. And so, because I'm paid for it, so I need to get out on the floor because I need to, I need to be in the trenches with, you know, with them. I need to, to be whatever that is. But in reality, that's probably faulty thinking, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, a leader has to position themselves where they can best influence the situation, right? And so the situation is going to dictate a lot of that, where sometimes a leader will need to dive a little bit deeper to a certain friction point or make sure that they're providing this clarifying guidance that they, cause they may have more information than the person that they're, they're tasking this to. So they've positioned themselves where they can best influence the situation, but that's not always right down into the details. Sometimes that means, mm -hmm. Hey, I can better influence the situation. If I've got people who are working on this over here, I can be over here meeting with this group and controlling a couple of different elements. And so it, you're, you are right. People just love to dive into the details. And what they're not understanding is, hey, we, we just become incredibly reactionary and we miss so much of the situational picture because we just start getting tunnel vision on specific projects or specific things that we're trying to do right now that we think needs our involvement um, or that you really don't trust your team to be able to push there important stuff down to them. That's really what's being revealed right now to a lot of areas and a lot of teams is companies have been exposed that I don't have people or I haven't prepared them properly. I haven't trained them properly. I haven't been intentional about creating scenarios like this to develop them. And now when I need them the most, I really don't have people like that that I can push stuff to. They're just looking at me for answers. And that's where some of the biggest problems arise. Yeah, I think I think you have a bunch of high level leaders who are who are right now. Um, and I hate to put it this way, but they're reaping what they've sown in terms of the type of teams they've built, the type of people they brought onto their team, both in terms of competence and character. Um, now is when now is when that uh, the harvest of all of that work 
is uh, is coming in. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you you have a we've got a saying in the military. We we say complacency kills, right? And it people mm-hmm. it blows their mind when we we talk to them about you know. So my, my first deployment, we we operated on a you know pretty heavily in some areas where we're a minefield of undetectable IEDs that we operated within. And yet I would still have people, if I, as the leader or my subordinate leaders weren't staying on top of our team, we would have people that, Hey, you just get complacent when you're in an environment that's doing certain things. And if we can get complacent at that level where lives are on the line every single day, any other industry, sports, business, it doesn't matter. Any other industry can get complacent as well. And I think a lot of that's what we're seeing, right? And now Things have been going so well from the economy and from jobs and doing all this other areas. Things have been going so well. We've, we've kicked the can down the road on some of this training or I call it check in the box training. We're doing something, but it's not really effective. And now we're facing this uncertainty and we're being exposed for that. We got complacent in our training. We didn't prioritize it. We weren't developing our leaders. And now when they come and they need them, they're realizing they don't have them and they don't have those resources at their, their disposal right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. <clears throat> I don't want to miss because I, I sort of, that thought took over, but that idea that I think every leader could be asking themselves right now, every morning as they, as they head into work, whatever that looks like, whether they're still going in somewhere or they're just walking down the hallway to their office is where can I best position myself to help my team? Because like you said, every individual might be in a different spot. Um, you may have seasoned leaders who don't need your engagement as much. I think that question of where can I position myself today in this moment from that best helps my team is a real important one that leaders probably should be asking sometimes maybe hour by hour, not even day by day. Right. And, and, and how do we do it right right now? Our whole world got flipped upside down for many people of, we, it would be ideal if we're all in the office or if we're in the factory, if we're doing X, Y, or Z, I know where I can position myself or I can go touch this person. I can go you know, meet with these people or do this, but hey, guess what? We don't have that choice right now, but that doesn't mean right. we don't have to do it. So you have to find a exactly way. Right. You've got to adapt. You have to overcome the circumstances and you can't justify why you shouldn't be leading your team. And that's what a lot of teams are happening right now is they're like, well, I, I can't do it the way I want to. So it's not, I'm, I'm just not going to do it or it's not that important. And we're missing a lot of critical opportunities of, because it's just not as convenient or it's not the way that we'd like to do it. So people are just not doing it and you've got to doing it. Or they're failing at it. They're failing yeah, at it. Right? Right. I, I think about the people that go, listen, I'm just not a tech guy. Like I'm a way more hands-on face-to-face in-person kind of leader. That's how I work best. And until this moment, they've never had anything that's said, no, you can't do it that way. And now you've got a, I got to imagine you got a lot of, uh, you've got a lot of regional and national sales managers who for the first time are going, oh crap, how do I turn the camera on my laptop? Yeah. Like there's a lot of that going on. A lot of, and that's what, and the way that I sum that up. Like I said, I put that in the bucket of justification. There's a lot of people <laughs> out there right now that are justifying why they shouldn't be leading their team or justifying why they shouldn't be doing the things they know they should be doing uh, because it's uncomfortable and people don't like to be uncomfortable. For sure. What is, and I'm sure we've, we've talked about it just through the course of the conversation already. 
in moments of in moments of crisis when things are super intense what is the one what's a common mistake you see a a, a leader a titled leader what's a common mistake you see them make when things are really when it's really hit the fan what's what's a common mistake you maybe see leaders step into yeah a, a big one is and we kind of hit it on earlier, right? Is they, they tend to micromanage all of the decisions in all of these facets. And, you know, they, they start diving too deeply into the details because, Hey, it, it's just too important right now. I, I need to do it. I, it's just going to, it's going to happen faster. If I do it, it's going to be done the way I need it. If I do it. And that doesn't actually, that might fix a little short-term problem, but it's not going to help your unit through the long term and be successful in the long term because when we start to micromanage everything and this is a great opportunity right now this uncertainty and this adversity to really train and grow your team and when we micromanage that we fail to develop our subordinates and our small unit leaders in honing their skills on how to plan under pressure how to communicate under pressure can they lead up and down that chain of command so when we start to tighten that grip that's our initiative starts to die, our communication doesn't start to flow the right way, and that adaptability just tightens up and we can't move, maneuver the right way. So what I tell people, and when you start to face these things as leaders, is increase that maneuver space for your small unit leaders down there and allow them to work the problem. They might need additional resources. They might need a little bit more time. They might need something that's a little bit out of the ordinary, but give them your centralized vision of where you want to, where you want to take the unit during this time, where what things you need to have happen, and increase their maneuver space to work that problem. So good, really, really is. Um, I want to I want to shift the conversation a little bit because eventually, eventually, you know the the curve's going to flatten. We're going to get back to some sense of normalcy in business, and it may even come on as quick as it went off in terms of. All of a sudden, we went from no work to super, super busy again. Talk to me about and give some strategy about the importance of at some point when this is done, going back and reviewing how we did, right? right. Sort of going, okay, now that it's all over, because I think everyone's going to be so antsy to chomp at the bit to go because we've been waiting and we've got a quarter's worth of business to make up or whatever it is. My real fear, and I just had a conversation with a colleague about this this morning, is my real fear is we're not going to sit back at some point and go, hey, let's talk about this. So the next time it happens, we're better off. Talk to me about the importance of of those after action reviews and and give some some tips on how leaders can best do this, knowing they may not be able to do it for another month or two. But at some point, I think it's really important. Yeah, I would I would argue that that's one of the most important aspects of leading in any time, but definitely through the uncertainty. And everybody who we're working with right now and helping out, we're challenging them. This goes back to that justification piece. Don't justify your way out of leading your team. They need to be doing debriefs every single day. If you have a team, the leadership group of the company should be doing it. And if you've got, whether you have a two man team or a 20 man team or a 60 man team, whatever, you should be doing a debrief with your team every single day. Doesn't have to be overcomplicated, but this is how we improve our adaptability and our innovation moving forward, right? So we should be capturing mm -hmm. those lessons learned every day. 
hey, what what happened throughout the day? What went well for us? Right? Capture those notes. What didn't go well for us? And then talking with the group, I, I talk about it in terms of a, a rankless debrief, meaning it doesn't matter who's in the room. You want everybody's opinions and what they're seeing and where they're, hey, what did you see? Because everybody's seeing it from a different angle. What is it that we need to be doing that we're not doing right now that will help us be more successful? If leaders are doing this stuff on the daily basis, this isn't something that needs to take three hours, four hours, five hours. Maybe they do. But quite honestly, if you're doing it every day, it'll shorten that time. But they should then, at the end of this, as they start coming out of this, they will have almost a chronological log about what's going well and what's not going well. And as things normalize, the leadership team can get together and that will actually help devise some of the training plan for them looking through areas that didn't go well and maybe even change standard operating procedures that they're doing. So those debriefs are critical to a unit's innovation and adaptability, and they should be doing them daily. For sure. It allows it allows that maneuverability that you were talking about yeah. before. Um, and I tell you, in every world. championship organization out there, that's what they're doing. You know, and there's not a military unit out there. Every raid they go on, every patrol they go on, whether it's a 30-minute patrol or a three-day patrol, whether there was a gunfight, whether there wasn't a gunfight, every single time that we conduct a mission, we come back and we do a quick debrief about all of these things and these little points and questions. What happened here? Who did this? And that's how we improve every single day. So I'd encourage leaders out there is just to find a way, find the time, make the time to do those debriefs because it's a key to victory. Hmm. That's really, really good. All right. So we're about out of time. I want to ask one, one more question that we're going to allow you to let people know how to get a hold of you. But um, new leader, someone, someone who's brand new into leadership. Um, what advice, and we can even take it out of this moment because this moment is so unique. Just someone who's stepping into a leadership role for the very first time. What would you say to them? Have a bias for action. You know, every day we talked about that self-reflection practice. Every day you have, you should be answering that question. Am I an asset or am I, or am I a liability to my team and organization? And as a new leader, they need to aggressively be pursuing solutions to problems that they have. They need to aggressively being pursuing new opportunities and learning to train and develop their team. But they need to have a bias for action when they're in an area. You're coming in, you have, you're expected to do your job, but you're also expected to lead that team. And there's no time to sit around and kind of wait for permission and go bugging your boss and waiting for them to give you the guidance to do it. Be an asset for that organization Make situational assessments and find out as you walk every room that you walk into, ask yourself, what is it that needs doing that's not going to happen unless I take responsibility for it? Good stuff. Bias for action. Um, something we could all probably use, especially now, maybe maybe more than ever. Hey, Joe, if people want to get a hold of you or learn a little bit about more about uh, about your organization, what's the easiest way to do that? I think the easiest way is is on our website at impactthepace.com. Uh, our number's there. You can reach out to us through the website. And then um, all of the social media links are, are down there as well. You can reach out to us on social media through that. So it's all kind of in one spot there on our website is a, a good spot to go to. 
Perfect. And we'll be sure to, to put a link to, in our show notes so you can you can go check out what Joe and his team, his team does uh, some pretty some pretty awesome, awesome stuff. Um, hey, um, Joe, I, thanks for thanks for your time. Thanks for your your wisdom and insight. I don't want to miss this moment to thank you for your service. I know uh, you serve. You did two tours. Um, and so I just want to say thanks Thanks for that um, as well. I really do, uh, really do appreciate appreciate your heart for service and your heart for leadership. Uh, thanks, Dustin. It was my honor to serve, and I know that these are somewhat uncertain times for a lot of people out there. And so, I just I just encourage them that no matter what we're all going through and the, the, the different facets that everybody has, is there is a path through the storm. Um, I promise you that. We just have to find the way. Yeah, good stuff. We'll end it there. All right. Hey, Joe, thanks so much, brother. I appreciate it. Absolutely, my friend. Good talking to you. Well, I hope you were able to to write down some of the stuff because I took more than a page of notes just during our just during our conversation. And there's just a couple of things that I wanna I wanna sort of hit on. And then I'll let you go back and, and listen to it again. I would love for you though to share what your takeaways were. Comment, um, comment in the uh, in the social media sections wherever you found this podcast. Email them to us, academy at lci1.com. We'd love to hear from you. But there were a couple of things that I took away. That idea when he started talking about uh, leaders in this environment need to empower their small unit leaders to execute the vision. Right, that a, that a leader's job is to set the direction for the ship, and then allow their leaders to go out and do that, so they can. Um, so they can sit back, one to watch how their leaders lead, and two to uh, to continue to to cast cast direction, especially as information is is constantly constantly changing. That idea of a rankless daily debrief is critical. Listen to me, if you haven't done any type of debrief with, hey, how have we done so far? How have we done today? I would encourage you to find ten or fifteen minutes today and just debrief from what you've done in the last month and then set up a time to have a daily debrief, whether it's a phone call, if it's done on video, that'd be great. If it's Skype or WebEx or Zoom and you could record it, that would be even better because now you've got a log of all of those notes and they're already captured. But I think that is critically important. And then that last uh, that last idea is complacency kills. You know, when he said, listen, if we can be in the middle of a minefield, a literal minefield and we can get complacent, how easy is it for us in the civilian world to be complacent? So anyways, man, there was just a lot of great stuff there uh, from Joe. And again, we're going to link his uh, his website uh, on our show notes, but it was impactthepace.com. And you'll be able to go and connect with Joe there. You can also find him on LinkedIn. But again, we'll put all those links. Uh, we'll put all those links out there out there for you. Just some some really great some really great stuff. And I hope as you're going through and navigating the COVID-19 crisis that you're leaning on others, that you're sharing information. And so in that spirit, if you have things that you'd like to share with us, again, email them to us, send them to us on LinkedIn, send them to me on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from them. If we can be of help to you in any way, shape or form, please, please, please don't hesitate 
to reach out. One feature that I do want to share with you that if you go to our website, lci1.com slash academy, we actually have all of our previous podcast episodes uh, archived there and linked there. And so you can go back and pull them. So if you're looking to maybe brush up on a little bit of personal or professional development while you're stuck uh, while you're stuck at home or not traveling as much, um, go to the website and uh, you can check out some of our previously recorded podcast that would be that'd be great we'd love to help you out there if we could okay so the views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the view or the mission of lippert components inc as always thanks to eternity bro for our theme music and to michael yoder and the amazing team over at truth work media until next time i'm your host dustin carr reminding you to think differently lead courageously and live passionately see ya